Welcome to the Healthcare and Complicated YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Also check all the previous content, amazing guests and topics there for you. Today I have with us Uman Patel, is the Chief Clinical Information Officer at Microsoft. Uman, how are you? Well, thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming on the channel and invite uh, and receiving my invite and everything. No, well, thank you for having me. Today we have a very exciting topic, I believe, which is clinicians use, using digital health tools. And the first question that I have for you, Yumang, is what are the main benefits of using digital tools? Yeah, great. I think well, I think across healthcare, we're we're used to using tools all the time to do our work, you know, all the way up from a pen and paper um, to a scalpel, right? Like you could, clearly there's no industry, there's 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 no job in the world that doesn't rely on it having some form of utensil in order to make it um, possible to, to enhance and perform uh, optimally. When I think about the new tools that are available today and compare them to perhaps things that we had from the past, I think we're at a really exciting point in time where we can start taking things like AI and using that in new ways to be able to lift some of the burden away from the front line. So let me give you an example. So for example, right now, we of course know that too many people are on a backlog. I think the last number as it stood was 7 million or so people are on a waiting list for some form of procedure. Well, there are lots of challenges along the lines of how do we solve that? Um, but what about using artificial intelligence to reorder that backlog so we can then start adding more parameters than you can do with just a simple um, look at a list and what you do, order it alphabetically and start at the top or who's been on there the longest and maybe start adding in other uh, data points. And then saying, oh, actually, if I can use these data points sensibly, am I able to then work out who should go onto what list where? Can I start seeing people that need to be seen sooner, quicker? In fact, can I start taking some people off of the list because their, their needs have changed or I've got another insight from it? And that's exactly what a couple of surgeons are doing in Northumbria, for example, using an AI service um, on an Azure stack, which allows them to be able to triage their own backlog lists to make sure that they're working as efficiently as possible. Brilliant. Uh, magnificent uh, insights there about scalability, but also around kind of triage and needs assessment, reshaping all the, I mean, the needs of the patients and, and, and the structure. Very useful that. Moving on, uh, how do you see the adoption of digital tools right now? Uh, increasingly so. Um, you know, I was talking to a colleague uh, on Friday, so I'm a pediatrician as well as working at Microsoft, and, and uh, I, was, I was in the ward, and we were talking about, you know, the olden days, we used to have to go to the wall and pick up a leaflet and then hand that leaflet to the patient and say, you know, please read this because if your child's unwell, you know, they've got a head injury or a fever, or here are some safety factors that you can read at your own time or you can reference back to in order to make sure that your child is, is safe. A couple of challenges with that, right? Firstly, uh, you'd always run out of the leaflets. So, and also not every leaflet was available on the wall. So you couldn't have every single leaflet for every single thing. Um, of course, now leaflets seem so outdated. Why wouldn't you be able to just send a text message to our patients and say, here's the right leaflet for you. And in fact, that leaflet can be a lot more dynamic. So rather than having just static text, why can't we include a video? So we've told you to take this inhaler as an example. Um, 
we've gone home with it. Here's a reminder of how to use it properly with the spacer. Um, or here's what you should do in the event of you finding that your cough has changed or your breathing patterns have been different. Uh, so I really love the fact that these new tools are allowing us to see things in different ways. And I think as clinicians then, when we're looking at those, we're like, that's great, right? Because that does two things for us. Firstly, it means that we can have as much impact as, as we hope that we can give through our experience or expertise. And secondarily, we're also giving people the ability to take these tools and use them themselves. So they don't have to come back and say, oh, actually, I can't remember what you said. And of course, as you'll know well, right, it's really unfair that we expect people to be able to do all of this. We talk to them in a busy ward or in a busy clinical environment and expect people to remember everything we say. Isn't it so much better when we can be so much more adaptive and proactive? People can have this and then they can reference it back in the future. So facts like that are meaning that doctors and nurses are saying, oh, great, I can see the value of this to my patients. And I really care about giving the best patient care. Otherwise, clearly I wouldn't be here. So now that I can see the value, I'm more widely uh, likely to adopt it. I'm more interested in being able to lean in and then understand how I can best take part in, in maybe even newer things that are coming down track. Brilliant. Definitely a much more uh, personalized approach. Very useful, as you know, remote patient monitoring is a big thing now and a lot of companies are adding educational tools such as um, managing uh, certain disease with videos texting uh, education and everything i know that you also doing great things at microsoft and the the space is evolving very very fast and certainly the leaflet uh, approach is probably a bit outdated because things are moving uh, really really fast that was a brilliant brilliant example and the, the third point that I have for you is, in your opinion, what's most exciting at the moment? Yeah, well, you know, the new cycle right now is talking about the new ways of doing search, for example. So using um, OpenAI software that's been out, you know, we've got new ways now of analyzing data and then presenting it back to, to people, which I think is really exciting. Um, it's funny, Jack, we were talking about this again and it's so easy, isn't it, to forget about what you've got today as being exciting and worrying about the future stuff. You, you think, oh, that's really exciting. I can't wait for that to happen. Um, but there's some stuff that we've got today, which I think is really exciting, but we forget it's exciting. Um, as an example, we've got the whole of the um, NHS workforce pretty much on a central email tenant. So we're able to collaborate in a really interesting way. And I think we forget that sometimes, you know, like every part of our lives is affected by email and so as email gets better and you know you can see things like us being able to better adapt it so we can uh, more people can read it we're able to add more attachments or add uh, different types of um, text or examples in within it as we start scaling that out across the clinical workforce i think some of that stuff's actually really exciting but you or i would think that email is really boring and not exciting of course, I think what has captured the imagination, uh, like I say, the new things like being able to have an interaction with your search engine um, or your browser, like we've just put into Bing um, an edge, for example, at Microsoft with chat GPT. Now, I don't know what that's going to mean for healthcare, but I'm really excited that these new tools that are coming forward are going to have new ways of us approaching different problems. So as we start thinking about, well, these new tools that we haven't had before, what can we do with them? I'm sure we'll start finding ways that we can start uh, really seeing the benefit, again, going back to patients, be that simple things like patients being able to use it themselves to understand their conditions better, 
all the way up to it helping us analyze big data sets so that we can get the insights quicker and therefore develop better pathways for our patients. Brilliant. Certainly the interaction and accessibility is changing very, very fast. And you mentioned the chat uh, GPT, which is like a big buzz at the, at the moment in healthcare for uh, several reasons. Um, Uman, thank you so much for accepting my invite. We're coming to the end of the episode. There's been a fascinating uh, conversation. We could talk about, about more many topics, but also stay on his line about the clinicians, the value, the digital health tools and the new things happening. There's so much to discuss and explore and learn and vile and everything. But I have one last thing to ask you. It's not a question as such. I'm expecting a brief uh, um, an answer. How can we make healthcare uncomplicated? Oh, well, great. We knew that. I think the the best way that I can think of is really going back to what, what is it we're doing? We're here to serve patients and try and make them feel better, uh, ultimately be physiologically better as well as psychologically better. Um, and from that start point, what is it that we're able to do to enable that? So if we make it as uncomplicated as is the thing that I'm doing right now making it better for you. So for example, I talked about patient leaflets, being able to have a little power platform that means that you know the nurses themselves can create a leaflet. How cool is that? That means that we're then empowered in a really simple way to give care to our patients that will make them feel better. So I think let's just try and make sure we put the patients in the middle as everybody would always say, but then let's do that with the lens of looking at what technology is available today to see if we can then satisfy uh, those goals. Fantastic. What a great way to finish. Uman, once again, thank you so much for accepting my invite, sharing these magnificent insights, your expertise, your experience, and uh, a brilliant discussion. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm going to round up now to all our viewers and listeners. Make sure you click the subscribe button down there. Also, a follow Uman's work. I'm going to post this the LinkedIn here and social media connect with him, and finally, connect with our partners, and I look forward to seeing you next week.